passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, lots of it, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league, not funded by foreign royalty yet, MLS. Uh, We're your hosts. I'm from Mornings at 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been in the locker room on the pitch and been yelled at in the stats booth for being too enthusiastic. Also, he's still dressed from work. He's Brandon from the internet. I just dress up for this podcast. (laughs) That would be... So flattering. <laughs> Where we can't see each other and I'm... Don't make me know. switch on the video chat. <laughs> I'm naked, don't. <laughs> Do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts and just leave us a dang comment. We probably will check someday, but it'd be nice to hear from you. We were just laughing about Tropic Sound, leaving us one where they called me Gerg, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> we just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. It's that easy. If you give us a five star, that's awesome. But I want to know who your favorite player is because so far we hear like a lot of Brad Evans and Clint Dempsey's and um, and Ozzy Alonso. Those are all correct answers, but still. But no Daniel Levas or Alfonso Ocampo Chavez's yet. <laughs> I just see that as AOC, and I'm like, <laughs> man, if you united those two, oh my god. Uh, I I I went race car driving. Oh. Well, hold on real quick. This week, the title forces affect Torres differently. Sounders FC <laughs> take on the We Brought Our Fan San Jose Earthquakes in a battle for the Golden Clog, you son of a bitch. And that fan's not even wearing a shirt. Stupid Huysen, Denny. Huysen. Anyway, I drove race cars this week, Brandon. It was crazy. Why'd you do that? Okay, well, my father-in-law is the dopest. We, you met you met him, Ed. Shout What's up, out to Ed? Ed? Yeah, <laughs> um, he went with us to a soccer match once upon a time. Rewind three episodes to hear that. Great, and 
Ed is he had a, a terrible time, I'm sure. No, I'm sure he had a great time, but he had well, a terrible time listening to our podcast live. <laughs> I doubt he... <laughs> Truth. <laughs> anyway, he uh, for Christmas, out of nowhere, he bought me a exotic supercar driving experience. I, I've never thought to myself, like, I should pay the hundreds of dollars to go drive right. some stupid car that I can't afford around a racetrack that seems ridiculous to me but when someone else throws down and i mean he threw down dude i'll just disclose he he spent five hundred dollars on this holy crap yeah that's like a ticket to the east coast like a plane ticket or whatever yeah. which i would also yeah. be like stoked about which he bought my wife so crazy anyway Ed's <laughs> just throwing down the coin you would never know it based on looking at his t-shirt and jeans approach and his like <laughs> new balance dad shoes you know he's an old guy come on He's and the best. So uh, we've he's like living in California right now for work. He's been there for over a year. And so we fly down to see him, and we have to drive like 45 miles outside of town to Fontana, California. He's in L.A., but we drove out of town. And In, in a Fon- regular car. Yeah, yeah, just a normal SUV, a Nissan Rogue, real nice. <laughs> and uh, we took Space Baby with us. He didn't like it at all. Uh, he liked the cars part, but nothing. Anyway, we get down to Auto Club Speedway where they have a mile and a quarter long track set up, left and right, it's Grand Prix style. And there's these list of cars. You can take out a Huracan, which is a Lamborghini. You could take out a Ferrari 458. You can take out a McLaren. Holy crap, that thing looked really cool. And um, you can take out a Toyota Corolla. Yeah, man. You can take out your Nissan Rogue. <laughs> so, anyway, so what'd you choose? Uh, okay, so the, like because I had five hundred bucks, I could pick a couple cars. I could either take out the Ferrari for five laps or six laps, or I could pick a couple cars and make it go a little bit further. So I picked just a, um, oh my god, what is it like a Porsche? Not Carrera. Uh, Cayman is that? No wait, is that yeah. the is that the SUV? And I, I get them all uh, confused. Yeah, that's the SUV. The, no, I think the Carrera is the. No, no, Porsche Cayman is a car, but it's the Cayenne that's the. Oh, that's Cayenne, the SUV. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, it's actually app- relevant because they they sit you down in this room and they show you this like five minute advertisement for their own thing, and I'm like, I'm already here and have spent hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Why? It's like getting on a freaking airplane on the like crappy airplanes where they're like now you're stuck here with screens in your face watch this commercial for a, a carbonated <laughs> beverage you mean like british airways that i just flew for 20 hours last week i have no comment just in case they're a sponsor of my regular radio program but yes it's <laughs> like when you like have already spent a thousand dollars to go somewhere and they're like and now you're captive so <laughs> anyway you're sitting in this little room and they tell you about what's about to happen and then they say okay we're going to send you around on a discovery lap it's like not hosted by some deep cable network. Instead, it's this crazy guy who drives a Porsche Cayenne of, you know, an SUV. And he, he get in and he drives you around. Okay, there's the first cone. At the cone, you hit the brakes. And then you know, here, that's the turn in point. There's the apex. That's where you're aiming when you're done. Hit the gas here. All right, next corner, driving. Blah, blah, blah. And then as we're getting towards the end of the lap, he kicks it over into like the performance mode and then steps on it. Now, let me tell you something. A guy whipping around in an SUV like an angry you know, upper middle class mother going to swim practice, throwing that <laughs> thing around is bonkers. It is terrifying. I don't think anyone's ever driven a car of that nature like that. You're like taking turns, sitting way up high. And like I watched other people do it and the thing's leaning over like it's going to tip. It's so bonkers. So I get into this Porsche, I go around, then I waited for four hours. Like everyone in my group had long since gone. People from other groups were already driving all this stuff. And finally I went in there and I like lost my goddamn mind. I was supposed to drive the McLaren. 
And finally, um, they were like, listen, we understand. We'll refund your money, but you can go out in the sweetest Porsche that we have. It's an upgrade on the McLaren. And I was like, what? And they're like, also, we have our chief instructor. He'll be the one taking you around. Ooh. So this guy called Frank, who's like this awesome Latino guy, was the coolest. And he taught me how to really hustle a Porsche 991.2 GT3 RS around. I don't know what any of that means, but the thing had like a roll cage. And when you push the, you know, like when you drive your car, when's the last time you actually push the gas pedal all the way to the proverbial metal? Pretty much never. Right. You don't do it unless you're in trouble, right? Unless you like cut someone off. You're like, oh crap, here we go. Right. In, in, a, yeah. race, in a race car, the idea is once the thing is pointed straight, do that every time. <laughs> and my God, does that thing try to suck your brain out through your <laughs> like every time you do that? Like it is crazy. I don't know if I could say that. I'll be censoring that. There we go. Anyway, it's unbelievable. I guess my wife turns out to be a pretty good um, performance sports car photographer. Like I'm driving around oh, okay. at like pretty high speed. She got some great shots, and I got video of the whole thing. Listen, I don't understand how to compute the idea that I've taken a turn at 80 plus miles an hour before because in like my Honda Accord that would be like it'd be like sending Roman Torres to play central defense like it's like <laughs> unthinkable yeah that man is a striker and nothing less <laughs> he, I mean he's so thick just imagine if he gets his foot wrapped around that ball yeah to drive literally the, wrapped around it <laughs> to drive this thing is incredible all I can say is that that is a lot of money to get to like just pour into something stupid six laps around a track at a minute four a piece or whatever but boy is it worth it the whole time there's an instructor sitting next to you who's like telling you okay here's where you're gonna break hit the brake hard 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 okay now turn in now roll on the gas now punch it and like someone telling you to like intentionally make a car go as fast as it can is exhilarating i recommend if you get an opportunity if you have a rich person in your life that's like what would you like for a holiday say i want to drive a performance sports vehicle uh, that sounds really fun and something like uh, something that I would want to do. But really, all I took out of that story is thinking about how much I would pay to watch a bunch of angry middle class white ladies race F one, <laughs> or anything for that matter. Yeah, or, <laughs> or anything. Porsche Cayennes. Like that's fine. <laughs> I'm in. Now, yeah. here's the deal, dude. Is that I booked this travel and like an idiot, I didn't look at the soccer schedule because like, what are the chances? that Seattle Sounders FC are going to be in L.A. playing anyone while I happen to just randomly be there. Turns out 100%. <laughs> so Sunday morning, we're leaving to go to LAX. or, or No, that couldn't have been it because we were staying by LAX. We must have been coming back from the racetrack or something. And I was like, look how beautiful bonk of California Stadium is. It is, first of all, I, I no tongue-in-cheek, no nothing here. It's a gorgeous stadium. It makes me totally want to go see it. I had been to the... California Science Center last year, at the end of last year, after the season had ended, and like we parked like right in the parking door, lot. Right? Yeah, they're right yeah. next door. You park in the parking lot. On one side is where you can go see the SR-71 and the Space Shuttle, and on the other side is where you can go see a great soccer stadium. And it made me really want to go, and I fumbled on this, and I'm mixing my sports analogies, but I uh, and I didn't go see Seattle take on LAFC. Possibly the best bullet dodged ever. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, if it were me, I would have gotten in that Porsche 991 GT3 RS and driven as far away as possible, as fast as possible from that stadium. 991.2, just for that. Oh, my bad. <laughs>
So look, it's a. Uh, I, I've alluded to the you know the obviously every everyone knows about the Sounders result, but rather than just jumping in straight into the negative, there is some like super positive news that seems like everyone, even like maybe Sounders haters, could get into, and that's the Sounders under seventeen team. It's hard to believe that all American soccer fans should have some bit of pride, but they should. Tell us why. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's up there with accomplishments uh, that any. Like, I mean, we talk all the time about how you know, no, it's been a long time since Amer- since an American team has won the Cup of Concacaf Cup, uh, the you know the CCL or the Concacaf Champions League, right? Sure. Because American teams aren't pouring money into their teams like um, they are in Mexico or anywhere else. But you go down to the academy level, and the Sounders U seventeen team. Uh, just beat Valencia, the Spanish side uh, academy, to become the first American team to ever win the title in the Generations Adidas Champions Division, which is like the top division. Um, and on the way, they beat teams like Brazil's Flamengo and like River Plate and, you know, West Ham and the Premier League. So they beat some big teams here. Uh, the Sounders Academy team did and and went all the way and won basically the biggest title that you can win as a as a uh, academy team and that's massive that's massive they're playing you know they're playing kids these are the, these are kids coming up through Seattle system kids that the Sounders team might be able to sign someday uh, and ha- and in fact have they went and signed uh, Daniel Leva and there's other guys on that team like uh like I said earlier like Alfonso Ocampo Chavez who will probably get picked up by this team you know if nothing more than just to you know get a fee for them when they move on and sell you know maybe even before they turn uh 18 or before they turn 20 so but anyway lots of exciting young talent and well, playing hold on. exciting I've got a, I've got a couple questions for you sure. where's Leva from California or something like that. He's not from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He moved here to try and get into the Seattle Sounders Academy. Is my sure. point? Is my point? And now he's got a first team contract. I'll be really excited to see when he actually gets a call up to play with the big kids in well, MLS. Well, and there's something about that, like uh, you know, Garth Lagerway when he first got signed. You know, despite the last couple seasons where people have been calling for Lagerway's head halfway through the season when the Sounders have ha- had a slow start, um, his whole his whole ethos around this club and the reason that the Sounders brought him in from Real Salt Lake is because of his attention to the academy you know RSL had a excellent academy before he left and you know I don't know what they're up to now because sure. I'm not following the RSL academy regularly and it kind of makes but, you a creep if you are just to be yeah. like oh I've been paying attention to what the 16 year old kids are doing in a city that's in Utah <laughs> but Garth uh, I don't, no, I'm not going to touch that Garth Lagerwey <laughs> comes yeah, to that's exactly what you're supposed to say <laughs> uh, oh damn it uh, so Garth Lagerwey comes to Seattle and says his priority is going to be building up this academy team developing this system where there's a sounder style of soccer being played where players are coming up and and truly, truly developing this pipeline um, with the establishment of the USL team as to now Tacoma Defiance, right? Uh, moving players up all the way to the Sounders first team. And you're starting to see that pay dividends. You know, players who are uh, great U17 players who are on the um, the United States national team radar uh, for the for the youth clubs within the within the national team picture are choosing to move to Seattle and play here even though they're not from here and becoming homegrown players in Seattle because they see a clear structured path and pipeline to getting a professional contract and getting paid. We talk about we talk about all the time about uh New Who's $55,000 man, right? Being yeah. that being like the the rookie minimum 
that you can make. You've got a 17-year-old kid or a 16-year-old kid making that kind of money right now. Damn, uh, Daniel Leva on a first-team contract, right? I was making five twenty-five an hour working <laughs> part-time at a radio station when I was his age. Yeah, and I don't even know what I was doing. So it's just it's it's you have these players you were dancing coming in ballet, Brandon. That's what you were doing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I was getting paid nothing for it. Hey, but you were probably on scholarship and didn't have to pay to actually do it. True. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I would have I would I would have killed for fifty-five thousand though. Yeah, I would have killed for fifty-five hundred. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to play so soccer. This, Come on. <laughs> yeah, and you've got these kids coming coming to Seattle from you know across the country as the Sounders are developing these different places and recruiting players from Southern California or wherever these these gaps are in in these you know they, there's territories and there's this whole thing that we don't need to get into. But players are moving to Seattle because they see this structured pipeline to move up the academy, move into the first team, get a contract, and and really start their career. And that's something that Garth Lagerway um, you're starting to see come to fruition. His plan and his vision for the team it's you know it's it's kind of amazing then to you can see land, it kind of all you can coming land other together players then too like if you're developing at the youth and say like look at all the support that's coming up or like we have a system in place where we're gonna drop some kids in there that's what fc dallas is do- excuse me yeah. fc frisco is doing right now <laughs> they're like they're dropping in young players into a into a system that they are trying to make solid and then just like let the young talent develop in the real time on the pitch it's crazy mm-hmm. what, I, what yeah. I what i really appreciate about it is that we're in America, starting to see, like, in these other countries, you sign for a club when you're, what, eight? Yeah. And then you go to their school, and you're pretty much a full-time soccer player and, like, maybe third-time students. <laughs> you're not really getting maybe the greatest education, but, like, a huge part of your education is playing a sport. And so here, it's only if you play, like, you have practice a couple days a week, and then you have games on Saturdays or whatever, and then if you're on a travel team, it's maybe a little bit more serious than that. But most kids here are just kind of dabbling, whereas the the structure is so much more serious from such a young age. The fact that Sounders under 17 is beating teams like that, like a West Ham you know that's a team that has history of how I, I would assume I don't know I I know more mm-hmm. primarily about the Arsenal youth system and West, no you're right I mean West Ham West Ham in this this generation Adidas Cup uh, West Ham has won it three times out of the last four years if I'm not mistaken so, so there you go yeah uh, they're not they're not just little pusharounds you know like these are these are good teams it's, it's a Premier League academy side players that should be good enough to eventually move up and develop into first team players in the Premier League and at 17 years old. You know, and you're not messing around in the Premier League at 17 years old. You're you're trying to move young players about that age into your squad. So these are these are good players. That's crazy. Now that transitions perfectly talking about West Ham into your recent visit to merry old England, where you oh. got to see a I'm sure just top top flight matchup between <laughs> Fulham FC and the good old Everton. What did you think, man? How was Craven Cottage? What was it like? The whole experience. Well, we joke we joke about how how it's Fulham, an already relegated team, playing against Everton, uh, who, you know, Men and Blazers, uh, one of our you know favorite podcasts, uh, joke just about how irrelevant Everton is. Well, in in typical uh, slop fashion, myself, I uh, thought the match was at seven o'clock all day, and so went to the spa and the hotel. And went back up to my room and, and my wife and I are in there and we're, you know, we're getting ready to, we're going to go take a shower and then we're going to go get ready and then we're going to go to a pub and grab, Save and grab a drink. Save it for the hotel room. I, Gross. <laughs> you know, we're going to, we're going to kind of do the whole thing, right? I look at my, you know, Catherine, my wife asked me, hey, what time, uh, what time's the match at? 
or how, how long is it going to take us to get to the match? It's like, oh, I should check. So I look at, uh, you know, I pop open Google Maps and I and I click on Craven Cottage and um, I'm like, oh, it's going to take us about 20 minutes. And right below Craven Cottage, it says, thank God for Google Maps, says, uh, you know, traffic heavier than normal. Fulham versus Everton, 3 p.m. I look at my watch. It's 2.55 p.m. You. You. <laughs> the whole reason we're in in London is so we can go to a Premier League match. Like that's my I wife my surprised me off. with Christmas. I don't even know if you're talking. You know, anymore. my I'm Christmas so present was right now. Uh, yeah, it was stupid. So we get ready so fast. We run down, grab a cab. We're fortunately staying only about 10 minutes away from the stadium. Um, however, there's traffic. The cabbie is great. He gets us all the way there. Um, my wife is not talking to me because she's so you know frustrated and disappointed. And we get to the match. We missed the first 20 minutes. Um, nothing, you know, no goals, whatever. But it is incredible. You walk in there uh, to a packed stadium for a relegated side, mind you. We walk in there. The first thing that you smell is the uh, natural grass surface. You know, our seats were not that expensive. Probably about 60, 60 bucks each, right? 60 American dollars. That's the worst our, Seahawks ticket, by our the way. Seats, <laughs> right. Uh, if you can even get a, a Seahawks ticket for that price. We walk up and we get... Our seats are the very, very front row at the halfway line, and um, we've talked about this on the pod before. But a lot of these, a lot of these surfaces in in uh, the Premier League are elevated, right? Just a, a couple feet, and so you're in the front row, and you basically feel like you're on the pitch. It was an amazing experience. Fulham goes on and wins two nothing against Everton, um, and it, still a match that means absolutely nothing. But I could not have had a better time. Now, did you turn to your wife after that when she was mad at you and say, "Relegate this"? <laughs> she would have been like, what's relegate? I don't know what pro rel is, Brandon. <laughs> is that that song by DMX? <laughs> X is gonna give it to you. Uh, okay, it, well. It was an amazing, amazing match. Um, it, it was truly special. It's it's completely different than, you know, We it, it's funny. I sat on my right were two uh, Atlanta United fans, actually, from the United States. And on my left were two Montreal Impact fans, also from Montreal, you know. Um, so it was kind of funny. We had like six MLS fans kind of sitting in the front row right there. Um, maybe that's why it was packed is because you had a bunch of Americans that were taking advantage of these cheap tickets for a relegated team. Who knows? Um, but we had a good time and and went out to drinks with that Atlanta United uh, fan afterward. It was it was a pretty good time. It was fun to see a bunch of North American soccer fans making the trip. You know, that uh, that, that makes me think of something that I keep noticing that no one's really talking about on any of the that I've heard yet on any of the programming around MLS. And that's the curse of making the championship. Sure. It's happened again where the championship sides are garbage. Garbage. In the new season. Atlanta United was unstoppable. And like you could blame it on DeBoer or whatever, their new manager after Tata took off. And I'm sure there's a lot of blame to be handed to him. Or blame it on even Miguel Amaron leaving, right? Sure, absolutely, because he was such a huge part of that. But you got to think that they'd have more depth to be that dominant last year than just one guy making that happen. But maybe not. I don't. Maybe that's not the case. But the thing that we've seen for the last several seasons, the best squads start the next season garbage. Mm-hmm. It happened with Toronto and Seattle after both uh, MLS Cups, if I'm not mistaken, and then they both had to like get things started and come back and have a strong end of the campaign. It's happening again. Uh, when was it Columbus v. Portland? When Portland won? Oh, in 2014. 
2015, yeah. Yeah, and both of those teams are crap to start the next season. There is a MLS Cup hangover that affects these teams, and you got to kind of play into that, especially with squad rotation that is so bad, like at Seattle Sounders. Well, oh, boy. You kind of you kind of get uh you kind of get boned, right? If you if you win yeah, MLS you Cup, off to Brandon <laughs> shower everybody <laughs> in the hotel. Hey, so if you win MLS Cup, you qualify for the Champions League. You're playing soccer until December of the year prior. Champions League, the Cup of CONCACAF Cup starts in, what, February? So you have about a month and a half. You don't have a true offseason. You have a limited transfer window unless, you know, you're doing all of that work with a squad. Well, you, you're not gonna tra- you're not gonna be able to trade a guy or release a guy while you're in the middle of a freaking playoff run, right? Or a, well, a, a also Cup run. when you start that February contesting, you have to sacrifice your best young player to the soccer yep. gods. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so you it, it 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 makes sense. I mean, even look at Sporting Kansas City. They're uh, this season, you know, they didn't go to the MLS Cup last year, but they had a good season. They they were supposed to have a good season this year and looked pretty scary in the in the first couple you know weeks and and uh, were. MLS's best hope to go win uh, CONCACAF Champions League this year and they're looking terrible they're in what eighth place right now and then you've got um, Atlanta United who's only won two matches this season you've got Portland who finally won their first match of the season last week are in what dead last place in in the Western Conference so you have uh, correction Colorado is the worst uh, Hello. Oh, do they still have zero wins I, I believe that that is the case after giving up another they, four goals on the weekend they have zero wins and Tim Howard calling people out in DMs on Instagram <laughs> I didn't see that but that's lovely <laughs> it's a hashtag fake fan outrage uh, who was it it's a uh, fail harbor is also doing it too it's like on TV it's crazy man that team's yeah. imploding but let's okay let's let's, let's rein it in here okay I just made a quick point there to say like there's a curse to going to mls cup and there's like a lot of additional responsibility and the teams start off pretty garbage so to your atlanta united fcfc fans that sat next to you sorry nerds (laughs) but focusing on our own squad seattle sanders fc took on possibly the best team in mls i I think i don't think that's a very hard argument to make one of the best mls starting squads uh, for this point in the season i think in ever which is crazy and boy, was that a beat up bunch of nerds that we brought on the plane with us. I don't know what the deal was there, Brandon, but a 4-1 loss and you're carrying that one goal in the back of Harry Ship and all the seamen. I mean, not surprised, but that's that's a crazy result for a team that was supposed to be feared going into this. It's rough. I mean, Sounders go into this match being the only unbeaten team left in MLS. So you kind of have, you know, a chip on your shoulder if you're LA, who is one of the only teams, unbeaten teams, going into just their match a couple uh, days before against Vancouver. (laughs) So you have the Sounders being unbeaten going against LA, who is considered to be one of the best teams in the league this year, if not the best. And you know, the Sounders are going down, and you find out day of that Chad Marshall doesn't travel because of a uh, hashtag. Sounders injury generator, hashtag definitely not a head injury, swollen knee. Uh, Is that what they're calling his head now? (laughs) Yeah, that's what what they're calling. Poor Chad Marshall, I try not to tease because he's so freaking good and he's such a a character, but... I mean, it goes to show this match, losing 4-1, how good he is. Absolutely. I think the biggest point... Like, okay, so wait. You started to say we lost uh, Chad Marshall, Raul Ruiz. Raul Ruiz Diaz to a heel contusion. Listen, 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 listen. Raul like, Ruiz These are made-up injuries, right? He he posted... It's That's not it at all. He posted on his Instagram stories for like just a second and then deleted it, a picture of himself in a boot. And he's on his way to the dark side, dude. He is full-on being converted into Darth Ruiz Diaz. 
<laughs> like that guy's gonna be more machine than he. I mean, which makes sense because I think he might already be part robot, but I'm, I'm not sure. Before that, he posted uh, the dark side of his bruised, nasty ass ankle Ugh. on Instagram. Fake. It's fake. That's, oh, it's it was. Just, it's just the it robot implants. So oh, okay. I can't. I've sprained my ankle too many times to look at more stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, Papa Bear, Will Bruin, old, old Bill, Bill Bruin. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he had to miss the match also for what? A uh, hamstring injury? Pulled hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not- like the Sounders of old. Yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> see, what this is what happens is that there's nice weather. Everyone's like, wow, this is a pretty great start to the season. And just like with the Mariners, the weather turns back to Seattle and everything goes to crap. <laughs> so, so in their place, you get. Uh, Jordan Morris moves up top. Harry Ship takes over Jordan Morris' spot out Finally. on the wing. You get um, Roman Torres gets his first start of the year after earning his way through the ranks, having developed at the wildly successful <laughs> Tacoma Defiance. <laughs> uh, you know, finally, he you got, know, he earned his spot. He he got he got playing time though, right? <laughs> he did. No, he did. He started a match for Tacoma Defiance. There was a like a match a couple weeks ago, I think, when the Sounders had a bye week, so they they ran out. Uh, you know. Will Bruin got a start at forward. So, you know, I think Ramon Torres is just following in the, you know, we talked about that pipeline that Garth that Garth Lagerway developed. <laughs> <laughs> Go play for the uh, the Sounders and the Tacoma Defiance following in the footsteps of kids like Andy Craven and Will Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very large 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I would kill to watch Ramon Torres play against a bunch of young Spanish kids. <laughs> I-, I was watching... I was watching uh, whatever MLS's post weekend show is. It's like Match Day Central or something. It is a name that makes nothing to me. I can never remember it, and I have to Google it. It takes me ten tries to find it. I was watching that show, and they made the go-to joke about Roman Torres, and they said Roman Torres looks like a pineapple. You've made that joke too. I've heard it a bunch of times because of his hair. He has his long, super awesome dreads. He looks like some sort of thing that was dreamt up in the mind of a Disney employee. And then chunky put, predator. What's that? chunky predator <laughs> that's, that's not what i was going for but yes it'll play and then he puts his dreads up into the top and it may, he's got kind of like a roundish head and then this like big plume of what would be pineapple looking leaves right they got it all wrong he looks like wilson from castaway <laughs> yeah when they set off it's got the round head and like the smiley face on it painted in blood that's a little different but then he puts them <laughs> It's like a stake that he puts through Wilson's head, and the top part sticking out looks like Roman Torres' hair. I think he played defense last weekend about as good as a painted volleyball. Somebody kick that volleyball at the player that's coming. (laughs) Oh, wow, you slowed him down for a second. Congratulations, you got the starting role on Wednesday. Uh, Anyway, center back, center back. (laughs) Wilson. Roman Roman did not have his... uh, have his best match uh or <laughs> it wasn't even close poor guy um, i feel badly for him as a human being because here sure, we are just taking not, shots and like but he hasn't had any starting minutes or anything but he's a professional defender making professional soccer player money and it's, it's not funny new who money either no he's making real money and at, and at one point during this match uh you know all the sounders were up for a corner kick la uh had a chance for a break and uh this is in the first half and LA makes the break. Brad Smith gets back and uh, you know is able to break it up and, and keep it from turning into anything yet. It eventually happened a lot, um, but Brad Smith gets back and 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 starts defending and covering and and you've got Kim Kihi back and you've got Brad 
Brad Smith and and um and then all of a sudden you hear the you know the commentator say and there's Roman Torres finally waking his way back into the defensive third. <laughs> why why bother? <laughs> and it was like the entire rest of the team was already in formation and Roman Torres was basically half jogging his way back to the side. And look, we 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 joke a lot about about our big boy Roman and and I get I I you know, I think it's not totally his fault. Not only was Roman Torres playing center back, but when Roman plays, they put him on the right, which is typically where Kim Ki Hee plays. And so Kim Ki Hee is also out of position because he feels uncomfortable on that left side uh, of the central defense, right? So you've got Roman Torres playing on the right uh, because they're but more okay on. with Kim I'm being sorry. uncomfortable. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, though. Roman Torres is playing five steps forward. <laughs> He's playing central defensive midfield. Kim right. Ki Hee uh, was playing by himself at central defense. Unless he's playing all the way back where he's keeping people on side and allowing their third goal. It's it's like, unbelievable to watch uh, how often there's too much space or he's out of position. It's there must be something else going on where he doesn't want to be there. Or, you know, he's you know, he's obviously like has to battle with the idea that he was the guy and then some other guy pops up yeah. that isn't the as big a star but gets the role. And I don't I don't know if this has anything to play in it, but Ramon Torres has uh, has a past of of some huge, massive moments for the teams that he plays for. He scored the goal that sent Panama to the World Cup for their first ever World Cup. He scored the winning penalty kick for the Sounders' uh, only MLS Cup, right? So the guy has a history of scoring big goals, being in big games, and 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 having big moments. You know, so he's he's not necessarily a guy you don't want to play because he's he's capable of these massive moments i just start to wonder if maybe those big moments and the glory and those feelings of of uh success and and you know just the the glory raining on him uh start to distract him or or keep him from focusing on the role that he has which is keep the ball out of the back of the freaking net man yeah it's uh it's crazy it's crazy to see i mean there was obviously the one slide tackle that he administered from five and a half yards away <laughs> where the uh, so i'm i'm listening to this uh book on this audio book right now i keep saying on tape but it's not on tape this audio book right now and it's about how physics works on an astronomical level and i was like read i was listening to the part about how the tides are controlled by the moon and i had no idea what, like what type of like how the moon changes the center of gravity for or the gravitational point between the moon and the earth is just off center from the center of earth because the moon's a little wee tiny little thing and it pulls just a little bit away and so therefore on what the side that the moon is on the water is changing tide and on the opposite side of the earth the, the water is changing tide as well at the same time all because of this and i thought is the biggest boy affecting the tidal point between the moon and the earth <laughs> and is that what has planted him to the ground I think if anything, the he's big enough that he's got his own title uh, forces at play, and that's what's keeping him, you know, five feet away from the tackle that he's supposed to be making. To be clear, Roman Torres far fitter than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> so this is not a uh, this is he is just a massive guy. He's so he's such a thick guy, man. It's crazy. Okay, yeah. just a couple other things real quick. We got to move this thing along, but. Sure. Uh, Christian rolled on. What a disaster for that guy. I feel so badly for him because he's all hustle and all work, but he can't be everywhere. There's consequences. 
Yeah, it's like we we joke a lot about Roman Torres, and yeah, he had a shocker of a match, but there was no one on the field that that you know covered this their, themselves in glory this match. Christian Roldan had a rough one. He was trying to be everywhere, and when he tried to be everywhere, he was nowhere. So the the midfield was completely run over. Uh, Gustav Svensson seemed completely absent. Victor Rodriguez, his I think that his name was called for the first time like twenty minutes into the match. To be fair, uh, Nico. To be fair, V-Rod had an assist and he set up that beautiful goal for Harry Ship. Sure, but it took a while, right, for him to even get into the match. Yeah, he has a hard uh, time Nic- affecting the matches sometimes. Yeah, Nico Ladero. Uh, it's crazy because Victor Rodriguez has been having like an incredible year so far. Nico Ladero as well. He he had a frustrating match. He tried a you know from ten yards in his own half, tried to chip Tyler Miller and ended up putting it out for a goal kick like 20 yards to the right of the goal. It looks like me and my brother and my friends who play <laughs> soccer every Saturday trying to hit the crossbar from like 20 plus yards. It was it like it wasn't even close. <laughs> That's and so you've got Nico Ladero having a frustrating match, Victor Rodriguez and and then you know when they get bad when and when they're having these frustrating matches they revert to the thing that they do best which is trying to play it down the left and and get these one two combinations. But when that's all you've got and you've got a guy up front like, you know, you've got an empty midfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Roman Torres. When you have an empty midfield because these guys are tracking the ball down left and left right and center and they can't get their their foot to the ball, um, you know, all it's a very simple task for LAFC's defense to to keep anything from from moving down the left. So, um, Okay, so these teams face each other again on Sunday, which is crazy to me that it's already happening. I doubt we'll get another pod in and I just want to say one little point that I that you see if you're gonna see a Sounders squad that I saw the stat put out uh, one of the Sounders guys uh, one of the guys that works there put out a stat that was like LAFC are like two wins four losses and two draws on turf in huh. all time and I'm like well one of them was when they came here and decimated Seattle so yeah. awesome but. If you're going to stop a team like LAFC, you're going to have to shut down Vela. You're going to have to shut down the options that they have in the central midfield. Like They just owned everything about that. And to me, I, I mean, I, I'm not looking tactically speaking about this like specifically, but I think back to MLS Cup 2017 when Toronto totally shut down mm. Nico Ladero and the entire Seattle midfield and didn't let him get away with owning the, the center of the pitch and ended up beating him on that when they were frustrated at their own game and then they started to make errors and give up opportunities. I think the only way you're going to stop the hottest team that is LAFC who had one blunder against you know dumb white craps up north. Like I think that if you're going to stop them, you're going to have to put somebody just stuck to Vela. The other thing is that at least two of the goals were scored when the defender marking the guy who was either critical in the goal or scored the goal, where the defender could see the digits on the back of his shirt. And, like, you are so out of position if that's what's happening. If you're watching the guy on the ball and you're seeing the back of his, unless it's a hold-up play, like, you're getting beat. And that that can't be something that you you have to be so strong at the back for that to happen. I I think it's going to be a really ugly return fixture when if Seattle's going to shut it down or just go balls to the wall and try and blow it out. But like you don't have your best players out there, so what are you going to do? And we're looking at a match that's in what five six days. Yeah, these are we could get way more hamstring injuries by then. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I mean it's. But to your to, to that point, you know, Chad Marshall's out with a swollen knee. Raul Ruiz Diaz with his ankle. Uh, Will Bruin with his hamstring. Six days isn't a ton of time, so it's not like a guarantee that these three guys are going to work their way back into fitness to be in the squad. So we might be looking at a similar, if not the same, lineup uh, going into this weekend. So. Um, you know, I'm hoping that the Sounders can pick up a point in San Jose at least. Uh, I, I would hope for three, um, but you know, the, it's 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 not necessarily looking at at you know we'll we'll just bolster the squad back with these with these three guys. Um, Depth is a problem. Depth, Depth is, a, is problem. a problem. Yeah, and this is something. We, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. What's the Sounders' uh, weakest point? And we said, you know, how do you replace Nico Ladero? Well, boy, were we wrong. If you lose one guy from the defense and one guy at forward, or I should say, two guys at forward, all of a sudden you're looking at a four-one loss to LAFC. If if Sounders want to be the best team in the league, they're going to have to be better than LAFC. That's the that's the standard this season. And and so far, they're not even close. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about what is hot, what is garbage, and who is hot garbage. Hot garbage. Welcome back to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast. Hopefully there was an ad inserted there. If not, this is just hella weird. <laughs> time to look at who's hot, who is garbage, and who is hot garbage. Starting with hot. Hot. The weather. Hot. Carlos Vela. Yeah. Hot. I don't I don't know where to I don't know where to look Harry, about this. Harry Ship. Hot. Harry Ship gets a goal. I don't know. It's it's there, nah, there's I got not it. a lot. I would say the I got hottest it. thing has got to be LAFC. Hot. The traveling seamen. Hot. <laughs> Also, that Ramirez back heel to hockey assist his own goal, like he totally just shredded the central defense of Seattle. Back heel, runs right through, gets a pass back to him, just buries it, gets substituted off after that. It's like, oh my God. So for you, hey, for you, Ramirez, hot. Hot. I would say that that maybe hot was like Brad Smith's first 10 minutes where we were just talking about somebody's got to keep Villa in his pocket. Brad Smith did that for about 10 minutes and then all hell broke loose. God, do we miss Ozzy Alonzo in matches like that? Moving on to garbage. Garbage. Uh, garbage. Golden clog rankings, man. Garbage. Yeah. Danny Houston takes the lead in the race for the golden clog off of a very... Unlikely San Jose Earthquakes goal. I just don't see them scoring if it's not Wondolowski against Seattle. Uh, Leardom in the lead for yelling like a child after anything happens ever, though. So that's, I don't know if you get a clog for that, but that's uh, that's a thing that he did a lot of this weekend. <laughs> do you get the golden clog for being able to do a long throw in? Because he, he could get that. You get the golden cyborg arm or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the Terminator, the Terminator clog. Yeah, yeah Terminator arm. Cl- oh man, I want that Terminator foot. That'd be dope. garbage. No, and, I, I, I want the Inspector Gadget arms, man. If I'm going to get anything, I'm going to get the Inspector Gadget arm. I want him to come out of my hat though and do stuff, and then like have the helicopter thing. Yeah, Ooh, and I don't want it to be Matthew Broderick. Garbage. I want it to be the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> With Penny and the Brain, convenient. All right, moving on. Hot garbage. Penny and the Brain setting up Pinky and the Brain. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. I think you should do hot garbage. You should do hot garbage. <laughs> I, I don't. 
I don't understand. Are plane tickets really just that expensive that we couldn't fly our starters to L.A.? <laughs> did they try Payne Field? I did. Yeah. It was delightful. From the car Apparently. to the plane in 10 minutes. Man, that's parking in the long-term parking. A little too pricey for me, but that's Gobby. fine. Also, you know what, Greg? Yeah. I don't think they st- I don't think they tried Payne Field. I think they tried Payne Field. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to cut down the airplane's weight requirements by not traveling with all of Raul and Chad and Bruin because, oh, what, we Packed an additional robe on. No, bro. Southwest Airlines centerbacks fly free. Haven't you seen the commercials, you jerks? That's a that's a weird perk. <laughs> I like it. It's that you put here. They let him on because he was wearing a Russell Wilson jersey. Probably. <laughs> Wait a second. Is that that volleyball Wilson? <laughs> they let him on because he had Wilson. He had his face was painted in blood. <laughs> like, let this guy on. Well, we didn't even get into this, but speaking of hot garbage, the Sounders played in their hot garbage kit. Hot garbage. They're kits that are made out of hot garbage. Yeah, they literally recycled ocean plastic from the beaches, converted into what made for the most confusing recap weekend ever because every team was either dark blue or light blue, and I couldn't follow anything, and the goal highlight thing that takes, in two minutes they show you all the league's action, and I'm like, wait, which team is which? By the time it was over, I was like, oh, LA Galaxy were wearing the dark kits. Okay, good. But still. I think, cool I, think I get it. I think that maybe in the spirit of, you know, recycling and, and recyclable kits, the Sounders tried to recycle a janky-ass lineup from last season. Hot garbage. <laughs> People getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's this week in fan outrage. Uh, first of all, me... I miss me- fan outrage, man. Well, I was outraged. I was mad. I don't I, miss losing. I was I was 11 minutes uh, behind everybody because I don't know what I... I like, walked in to grab a beer. I was I was Brandon in this situation. I, I walked in to grab a beer at the convenience store, and I was like, oh, what soccer matches on? Those colors I don't recognize. And I was like, oh, that's oh, Seattle. <laughs> oh, it's the 11th minute. Oh, I no. I this team. So like, I got my beer. I already knew they were down one nothing. I got my beer, drove home real fast, then drank it, not the opposite. Uh, drank my beer, and then fast-forwarded as fast as I could through the, uh, through the halftime show, and I was about 10 minutes behind or whatever. And I start seeing tweets from everybody, and I'm like, oh, did Harry ship? And then, sure enough, he scores. And I was like, when will we learn? You have to play Harry ship. He was so critical in that second-half comeback last year. From July on, he was like an instrumental piece in that he must be so bummed to get overlooked all the time and then deliver he even like hesitates before that goal shot ah incredible but i love from my outrage to tropic sounders who says you're wrong gerg hashtag fake fan outrage i think tropic sounders just trying to get on this podcast (laughs) great mission accomplished twice like that guy how about mad oak uh, Matt Oak says, Game of Thrones or Sounders, which episode had more deaths? Well, if they're talking about hamstrings or encouragement for the rest of the season, it is hard to tell. <laughs> uh, fake fan outrage, James Tough Dad Foss says, it's okay, Sounders will be dead for three days and then come back to life. <laughs> that is a that's Jesus, an Easter joke, Yeah, that's kids. a Jesus joke, and I'm not participating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, actually not lastly, uh, Jerry, Jerry is clueless says can season ticket hold i think this was for real too i think he was very serious about this yeah. fake this fan outrage says can season ticket holders expect a refund and if the sounders fc flunk the second test against lafc <laughs> i'm not saying no they've done sounders have done it before so that's cool i want my money back for my team losing against a team that i didn't spend money for <laughs> and uh, I, I saw that there's some traveling fans that were real upset that were like yo how about that money back for that garbage performance 
gosh. Garbage. I, I don't. I don't. You you paid money for something. I, you it. You saw the thing. You paid money. Sports are sports. I, I don't even want to get into that. I don't Lastly, think this is. Yeah, I don't think this is actually fan outrage. I think it's just really well summed up from Dave Byram. <laughs> says this is the very. If it's fan outrage, it's very polite fan outrage. It says, well, that was some unusual soccer. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. All right, looking ahead, we've got a match coming up on Wednesday night by we, I mean Seattle Sounders FC, taking on the San Jose Earthquakes. I don't have a clever name for them yet. It's a 7.30 kickoff, which means I will see zero minutes, because it won't actually start at 7.30, but I'll see zero minutes before I head to bed for the night, and we'll have to watch in the morning after seeing all the spoilers. Central Lake Field, it's a home match. 8 of 34, Seattle Sounders FC 5-1-1 one one on 16 points, third in the West, versus San Jose Earthquakes 2-5-0, 6 points, ninth in the West, but they're a sleeper that could do some pretty significant damage, I think, Brandon. Absolutely. So last season, Seattle had San Jose's number, beat them 1-0 in July, and then did the double with a 2-0 or 2-1 victory on decision day. Uh, San Jose ended last season absolutely dead last. Um, ninth place with two five and zero right now. That's five losses right now. Their two wins this season have been against the Timbers. Thank you very much. And uh, Sporting Kansas City, uh, where you know uh, in this Sporting Kansas City match last week, freaking San Jose trounced Kansas City four to one. Uh, I know that feel, bro. And uh, <laughs> Dutch boy Danny Huizen jumped into the hashtag Golden Clog lead with a brace in that match. So. While San Jose sit ninth, they just put four goals on Kansas City, so they're not they're nothing to 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 really you know shake a fist at right now. Yeah, they're like they're dangerous. You don't know what you're going to kind of get from them. So sure, they're all over the place. Five, two you know two wins, one of them being where they scored four goals, and the other one against the Timbers, they beat them at, uh, three nothing. But five losses at the same time, including a five nil loss to LAFC again. I know that feel, bro. <laughs> we're playing with a. We're gonna watch a squad that has a really diminished starting lineup. Your your best starting eleven's not likely going to be out there on Wednesday night, and so this really has a lot of question marks hanging it over it. In from my perspective, uh, I didn't know that San Jose have a a new boss this year. It makes sense because they were hot garbage last year and dead last. So you would do that. But the part I didn't know was Chivas Guadalajara coach Mati- yeah. well, Excuse me, Matias. Almeida, Almeida, yeah, is uh, is uh, helping that. I saw him on the sideline and was like, "Why does that guy look familiar?" <laughs> also, he, I, his hair is beautiful, by the way. Now, um, I heard a rumor that San Jose plans to reanimate the corpse of Mister Wondolowski to haunt the Sounders again. <laughs> uh, God, that guy has scored so many goals against the Sounders. I'm just hoping that the Sounders can conjure Brad Evans's force ghost again to kick him in the dick <laughs> right in the dick <laughs> <laughs> screw that guy man hey i'm so tired of wandalowski now uh who knows how the sounder is going to line up against uh san jose this you know this week on on wednesday um it's who knows who's going to be back if will bruin's going to be ready if if raul Ruiz diaz is going to get out of his dearth boot um or if <laughs> <laughs> well, just, or or if yeah or if Chad Marshall's knee is going to deflate. You, I got, don't know. you gotta think that if he can go, they're gonna have him go after that disaster. They subbed Kim Kihi from that match. That's they must have been resting him for this week or something. I think there was effect. a point in I think there was a point in that match where they pulled out Kim Kihi uh and they pulled out 
Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris, where they were like, okay, this is too far gone. We're going to have to, let's just make sure we've got some guys healthy. While three of your, like Kim Ki-hee, uh, Roman Torres, and Brad Smith were all sitting, or no, it wasn't Brad Smith. It was Kelvin Leardam all sitting on yellow cards in that match. So yeah. pulling out one of your center backs who you were hoping to start the next week so he doesn't get a red card was maybe a good idea. So looking ahead to the match on Wednesday night, I see for a hero and a villain in this upcoming thing, a hero for me is anyone who stays in their f- position. <laughs> just that's all. Just stay where you're supposed to play unless you're helping out getting back, okay? Sorry, I, I don't know anything, man, but it was like driving me crazy to see everyone such as in shambles everywhere. It's it crazy. was sloppy. Uh, it was and sloppy. then for the villain, I mean, obviously, Danny Houston. Houston! If he scores, I am going to throw a beer at my uh, self, probably. It, by throw, <laughs> I mean drink a beer. In, I'm going to drink a beer at myself. In, in bed. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah, it is a fortune cookie, Brandon. Thanks. That's how I write this show. Fortune cookies, uh, you dick. Where's drink Bra- a beer in myself. Where's Brad Evans? <laughs> yeah, we kick you in the junk. All right, so what's the motivation then for Seattle Sounders FC? I mean, it's got to be, this is pretty straightforward, I feel like. Yeah, I think I think for the Sounders, it's just bounce back. Sounders are, are it's, it, you know, we, we've talked a lot of trash this, this week, and, and I think that, the 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 motivation is that the Sounders have still only lost one match. They still are on their record start to a season. Uh, so you know, don't throw it all away and think that all is going to hell and that and that uh, you know we have to wait till the second half of the season to be good again. Uh, it's just bounce back. Go right back to San Jose, a team that you can beat, a team that's in ninth place. They haven't beat you in over a year, uh, if not longer. I didn't go bother to go back and look no, at twenty seventeen, no, no. but like. Just come back and beat this team. Show them that. Show them that you are. You know. Yes. Yes. LAFC beat you uh, when you were missing some of your starters, um, but that doesn't mean anything because you should be able to go to uh, have San Jose come to your turf and, and beat them pretty handedly. So then, as far as I'm looking for Sporting Kansas City, like they've got to come in and pick between the two roles. Uh, they've obviously lost five nothing to LA, as you explained, knowing that feel, bro. And then beat Sporting Kansas, excuse me, Sporting Kansas City four to one. So like, you don't know which of those teams you're gonna get, or maybe something in the middle. That'd be crazy. Yeah. They, their their motivation, San Jose's motivation, is to play giant killer, not get killed in this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I, they've got to find, they've got to find some sort of uh, Seattle's got to find some sort of unity and from midfield to forward, or you got to get someone back out there that's going to change things because that was a squad that looked like they did not know what to do. Yeah, I think I think that San Jose, their whole thing is with their first year with a new coach, their motivation is to build some consistency. So coming off of a week where they build, a, where they beat a team like Kansas City, they're going to want to show that they can win two games in a row. And, and and that their system that he's starting to develop is is doing something. So that you know they're they're going to come into Seattle and know that they can get something out of this match, uh, having watched Sounders lose uh, the way that they did over the weekend and, and coming off of a short break. So um, you know they're going to want to sh- want to come in and, and 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 play their game and play and try to dictate the tempo. Um, but the Sounders have to bounce back, and they have to. They they can't let them boss them on their own turf. Assuming you've just woken up from us boring you to death, and you're at the end of the pod somehow, it's TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. TLDL, Brandon. Center backs fly free. 
Thanks, Southwest Airlines. <laughs> Unofficial sponsor of the MLS. Uh, too long didn't listen. I didn't know this, but evidently Wondolowski's dead. <laughs> TLDL. I didn't know they had to reanimate his corpse. <laughs> TLDL, too long didn't listen. Roman Torres looks like Wilson from Castaway. Or what if Tom Hanks envisioned that that's what Wilson looked like? He was thinking of Roman Torres the whole time. <laughs> With his face painted in blood from yeah. pain feel. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, too long, didn't listen. Kelvin Leardum, bring the golden clog home. It's time to take a look into your swirling mystery contained within crystal. It's your crystal Pepsi ball. Brandon, hit us with your match predictions for Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Seattle Sounders FC welcomes San Jose Earthquakes to CenturyLink Field, a battle of two teams doing two different weird things. Uh, it's so hard. It's it, I, Not knowing who's going to be back. That is what in, she said. Yeah, got him. I, not knowing who's going to be back in the lineup. It's. I. Th- I think that the Sounders can squeak out a draw on this one. I'm not. I'm not super confident. Um. If if Chad Marshall's not back in the lineup, but assuming Chad Marshall's in the lineup and assuming at least one of Will Bruin or or uh, Raúl Ruiz Diaz is in, I'm hoping that the Sounders can win this one two nothing. Okay, Brandon says two nothing. I'm gonna go out of control and say zero zero draw because nobody. Stayed in their f***ing position. <laughs> if it's zero zero draw out of that is the best we can do, I'm all right.